0: hand of your, of, your, of your neighbor and I want you to pray with them for God to begin something in you today that that is so crucial in the timing of God and where we are Heavenly Father before you we are this morning in need of your help to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves to open our ear to help us to hear and explode our imagination so we can see what you see to participate in what you're doing thank you for the marvelous recreation that you have begun thank you father that you have been at work all this time and now you invite us to be a part of what you're doing. Let no one be left out of this word today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that every will will be before you and every heart will be open to you. I bless you and I praise you, O oh God, for what you have shown. Now, Lord, may it manifest in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. One more time, applaud heaven because that's who we are before in this hour. We are before heaven. We are before his throne. Hallelujah. Wow. I I want you to cast your eyes on the screens for a second. I'm wondering, have any of you ever experienced this or anything like it?
1: Mike Sanderson with Renew Private Lending and today we're going to look at our latest rehab project in Tacoma, Washington. This home was abandoned by its owners several years ago then squatters illegally moved in and trashed the entire house as well as scared the neighbors. There was trash in every room. The backyard was covered in blackberry bushes. This house needed some serious help. When the property finally came on the market, one of our clients purchased the home and immediately began the rehab process with funding from Renew Private Lending. The yard is now clean and trimmed. The roof has been removed and replaced. The interior is down to the frame and no more garbage. The kitchen wall was knocked down to expand the living area which makes the house look and feel more roomy. This process took only three weeks. Now the house is ready for a complete renovation and updating. As a side note, the house was purchased for $35,000. The complete renovation budget was $50,000. Upon completion, we anticipate the home value to be $140,000 The kitchen now features granite countertops, recessed lighting, and stainless steel appliances. At the same time, it retains the charm of the original breakfast nook with the bench. In addition to a new kitchen and bathroom, the entire house has up-to-date plumbing and wiring, new energy-efficient windows, and insulation, sheetrock, paint, and floor covering. The exterior was also refreshed new roof and paint, cleaned up landscaping, and a new front porch. Because of the complete update inside and out, the house sold very quickly. The end result is an updated, energy efficient family home that fits well into the community. Several neighbors have mentioned how happy they are with the finished house. Some were even bringing cookies to the construction workers. Having such a positive impact on the local community, as well as creating jobs and ending up with a great finished product, is my favorite part of private lending. This is why I've invested this way for many years. Be sure to visit RenewPrivateLending.com for future videos and more information about private lending. Please feel free to contact me if I can help you in any way. I'm Mike Sanderson. Thank you for watching.
0: What's amazing is how much money is available on the market to buy, money to buy, to fix it up, to turn it around, to clean it up, to renew it. And it's, I'm also amazed at how many people are moving back into the city. Have you noticed that? Man, over at Old Fifth Ward, I couldn't believe it. If you go just a few blocks from here, not more than six years ago, you could buy a house for a fourth of what it costs right now. If you live anywhere in the city of Atlanta, you, you, you've already realized, oh my God, what has happened? Once we got into 2018 and the banks let go of the money, it's amazing. Now, I live in I live in uh, Atlantic Station, and uh, I've been watching. I'm on the 28th floor, and I've been watching the amount of cranes that are coming up all over the city. I mean, it's amazing. So the people that have not been in Atlanta five years ago and have come back, are almost not recognizing their city. This is a time of reconstruction, a time of renovation. And and and, and, and what's amazing is that if you happen to live in um, what was what was an impoverished part of the city, and and and, and your house is in, is in disrepair, there are agencies who actually have the money for you to get the money. They know that money is going, is going to double and triple the the value of your house, and they'll be as long as you've got an income, they'll usually they are ready to give you the money because when you renovate something, you raise its value everything changes. Has anybody ever been through re- renovation if you 've ever been through a renovation? Of, of your home? Raise your hand if you have. I just want to see how many know exactly firsthand what I'm talking about. You've never, how many of you have never been through a renovation? Okay, so let me ask it this way. Have you ever seen a renovation? Okay, this is even more important question. Have you ever been in the process yourself of renovating? Maybe it wasn't yours, but you were, you had, you 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 were in the process. You, you helped Anybody help renovate anything? It's amazing. In fact, I love the first part of renovation. Actually, have you ever gone into a house that needs it? Now, they have these programs on television that show the conditions of houses before. And uh, you have to have an imagination in order to see what it can be. But somebody with an imagination, when they go into a place that's, that's horrible and it's, it's putrid, it's in disarray, it's full of garbage with all the smells that come with it. You have to have an imagination in order to see what it can be in order for you to get started so that you can bring that vision into reality. What if I told you this is exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing to the body of Christ right now. In fact, I'd like to say to you that God is in a renovating process in your life right now. And I also want to tell you that any resistance that you're feeling, any pain you're feeling and trouble you're feeling is because, is because God wants to bring some monumental changes in your life. So I want you to look at a verse of scripture this morning As we just introduced this today, you all know the scripture very well. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It's amazing. I, I used to be a part of a company that renovated houses in my early work days. I used to love the first part. And uh, because it was called demolition. Look at your neighbor, said demolition. Because that's when we got to tear down stuff. We got to take hammers and sludge hammers and axes. And he said, I want you to take this wall out. Oh, man, that was something I just loved. when you know, Just just tear it up. Anybody ever been in the process of tearing up something? By the way, talk to your neighbor. Said, you got to tear up before you build up in a renovation. You got to tear something down before you can build something up. Well, I want you to notice this verse of scripture, Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. You might want to underline those words, particularly that word "conformed." Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that it's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. And the Apostle Paul was writing this to the Romans he's never been to Rome so he <clears throat> he starts from the foundation and the beginning and when, that's why when you read Romans the book of Romans he's giving you from beginning to end he, he gives you the plan of God he gives you the condition of men's hearts he begins to unfold before us what it looks like in your house the Bible calls your body a house look at your neighbor and says does God live in your house ask him your your body your 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 this creation God calls it the dwelling place of God the house of God the place where he lives so my question for you is what is the condition of the house wherein you live the apostle Paul uses the first and second chapter, and he starts describing the condition of our house before Christ comes. It's pretty graphic what he declares what he, what he, what he in Romans chapter 12. And when you, when you read it, it, it looks like a house that's tore up. Let's read it together. Look at chapter one of Romans. Can you go there to the chapter one of Romans? Can you, it's not on your page, but I'm asking you to bring it up for me, please. Thank you, sir. Romans chapter one. Mm. If you found it, say amen. When you look at that, he starts describing, he starts describing the condition of our lives before Christ comes, and he he talks about this without exception. It's pretty 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 gross, actually. The picture of a house that seriously need is in serious need of renovation. Are you there? Romans chapter one. Oh my God! They're saying yes. Good. Somebody say, find it, Bishop, find it. Amen. In verse 20, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures, therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. They, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchange a natural function for that which is unnatural. And in some way, in the same way also, men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own, mm, in their own persons, the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind and to do th- those things which are not proper, being filled with all righteousness, un- unrighteousness and wickedness and greed and evil and, e- and, and even uh, of evil, full of, of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful. Inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they give heartily, hearty approval to those who practice them. I mean, that's a kind of an ugly picture, isn't it, Saints? And then he says in in the next chapter, he says, Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you who pass judgment. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, that when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of, judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and the tolerance and his patience, not knowing that it's the, one translation says the goodness of God, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repent. But because of your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself. In the day of wrath and and revelation of the righteousness, of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. It's amazing. Look at verse 8. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jews first and also the Greek, that means everybody else, but glory and honor and peace to those who does, to, the, to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to everybody else, the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. And then he says this, everybody knows this verse, Read it together out loud. What does it say? For all have sinned. Let's try it again. All together. For all have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but it's the doers that are justified before God. And Paul keeps on describing this condition of those who are before Christ. Tap your neighbor and say thank God I'm past BC, amen. Thank God that's not the, the description of our lives anymore. A house, a life without God is a life that's in desperate need of renovation. So they Paul, he, by the time he gets to the 12th chapter, he writes this verse of scripture and he says to us, he says in the light of the things what the way we used to be, in the light of the mercy of God that aren't you glad that God had mercy on you and then just let me tell you in case you didn't know it, there's not enough good you can do to pay for all the wrong that you are there's not enough good you can do to pay for the wrong that you are, there's not enough good acts that you can do to 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 pay for your soul. I, I told them last week, let me tell you, some people don't understand the single most expensive real estate in all the world, the single most precious, costly real estate in all of the world outweighs all the gold, the silver, the platinum, all the uranium, all the diamonds, all the precious metals and jewels in the earth. The thing that outweighs them, if you put it on a scale, the single thing that outweighs all of the world is sitting in your chair right now. Because God said, God said, God said, what will you give, what what will a man gain? Come on, if you what? If a man gains the whole world and does what? Loses his soul. And what will you give, here's 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 the way he puts it, what will you give in exchange for a soul? Nothing is more valuable to God. Nothing is more valuable. If you put your soul on one side of the scale and the whole world on the other, your soul would tip the scale. God thinks that much of you. He has that kind of value in you. It is God that comes to retrieve that value. And that is why there's such war over your house and over your soul. Because it is so precious. All the state you were living in before, I promise you, you were still valuable to God. While we were yet in our sins, our value remained the same. God just couldn't use it the way it was. If why so I heard one person say, if you were the only person in the whole world, then he would have come and he would have died for you. If you were the only person in the whole world, that's how much the Savior loves us. He would have died for you. And, and what's amazing about this is how, how devalued we have looked upon ourselves. It's amazing how how, how low we consider ourselves to be worth. It's amazing what what people do to their their lives and their bodies because they have no value of what God declares their life to be. And so the Apostle Paul, he said, "Um, now look, here's, here's what you must do. He said, in the light of what's been paid for you, In the light of what he's created, in the light of all the evil and wickedness that he's paid for, he says, there's something now I want you to do. He says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your true spiritual worship. If you really, if you really understand how precious you are to God, then Paul said, I want you to present your bodies to him because he has done the most of the work has been done to to pay for your sins. That work has been done. But making you into the complete masterpiece, he's still working on that. Tap your neighbor and say, God is still working on me. and he wants you to participate. He wants us to get in the process. There's an awesome renovation going on in your life. Wherever you're resisting that renovation, you got problems and you got pain. Wherever you have said, Lord, I, don't be, I, don't wanna, I don't want you to mess with this or I don't want to bother with this. Wherever you're being resisted in your progress, it's God trying to get your attention so he can get a renovation done. There's a renewal that God wants you and I to participate in. We're going to walk together for the next couple of weeks and the Lord's going to show you how do I participate so I can move on with God. At the beginning of the year, the Lord said to us, There's a, don't you see the new thing that I'm doing? Don't ponder the things of the past. Behold, he does a new thing. Can't you see it? Chris talked about it. It was powerful. Making making a roadway in the desert. Making a river in the wilderness. Elder Yule talked about it. When when, when he began to talk about what is necessary for you to do in order for you to get the dam out of your life, to unstop the flow of God. He talked about. By the way, that was a great message, wasn't it? Give God praise for Him. As the elder, you that was awesome. And <clears throat> another hand, for Chris Johnson, Amen. That was great, Chris. That was that was awesome. I was watching you on uh, on live streaming. We do have live streaming. It was, that was awesome. Uh, you you were using the, the, the you know unstop the damn. Yes, Amen. I understand that. Amen. Praise God how many of you have started the unstop that damn amen he talked about allegiances to your allegiance to immature attitudes how many of you remember that and then Elder Yul comes and he says he said this was powerful he said if you want if you want to move into the new you've got to focus there are so many things that are vying for your attention. In fact, it's amazing to me I don't have it up here with me. Um, uh, uh, did you see my phone near you? It, it might be. It, it, oh, somebody, ha- somebody give me their phone. It's, it's an amazing th- I' I'm, honestly guys, I, s- since I surrendered to the technology <laughs> I've been surrendering to the technology. And uh, it's like, it's overwhelming. Yes, thank you. Uh, You can give her her phone back. Thank you so much. I'm familiar with the way I, you even get to set up your technology where you want to set it up. You can bring up what you want to bring up when you want to bring it up. You can bring it up automatically when you want to bring it up. It it controls your life. It's when you get up in the morning, that's how you get up. A lot of people, that's how they get up. And if you don't get it by this, when you get up, you get up and you get this, amen. First thing, first people do when they wake up, when you reach over and get there, Phone. And, and they want to see who is texting, who called them. Am I right, saints? So I've, I've been watching this, how this technology is it has, It's just absolutely just swallowing our lives up. I was, I was out to dinner and I'm looking across the table and the couple is sitting there, right there, face to face and neither of them are looking at each other. What are they looking at? Yes, they're in their phones. The woman comes to give the order. She said, uh, uh, excuse me, they have to look up from their phones, give the order, and they go right back to their phones. This thing has become invasive. It's amazing. They have programmed us. Look at your neighbor and say, you gotta watch out for the program. Tell them that, watch out for the program. They programmed us. They have convinced us, by the way, have you ever left your phone someplace? Raise your hand if you felt anxiety when you realized that you left your instrument someplace. Yeah. I remember that just, just two mornings ago, I'm rushing to get to an appointment. I get in the car. I drive here to the church to meet somebody, and I realize, oh, my God, I don't have my phone. I can't even call her to tell her to bring me my phone. Because there used to be, there used to be pay phones. I mean, you remember that? Payphones? Have you ever seen one lately? I've I've not seen one. And and it's it's just, it's an amazing thing. I mean, we are programmed. How many of you have a paper, a paper Bible? You have a paper Bible today. Would you please raise, if you happen to have it, excuse me, if you happen to have it on your possession, would you please raise your paper? Oh, you haven't haven't been converted yet yet. Okay, raise it up. Let me see. There's one. Look at that. I can count them. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Have mercy, Jesus. Tiffany, I remember when I used to stand up and I'd say 10 years ago, I'd say, if you have your paper Bibles, raise your Bibles. And you can, you, can, you know, I used to talk about it. I, I love to hear the flipping of the pages of the Bible. And, 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 and everybody would turn their, turn their pages and you could hear the rustling of the wind having been moved by the turning of the pages. Man, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. And, and now, every, it's, there's not much that's not on this phone. How many of you know that's true? My God, my schedule, uh, my camera, my date book, my my calendar, credit my credit, all oh, my credit card information, my photos. Oh, check your heart rate. what? Check your heart rate. Yes, I can check my heart rate from my pho- who contacts. All my contacts. contacts. Oh, my contacts. Or in the in the phone, I'm sorry. Help me. I'm almost done. What else? What? Who? Oh my God! How many of you have U version? Raise your hand if you have U version. Right. Keep it up. Let me see. That's like that's like ninety percent. Top your neighbor. Says says renovation has already begun. <laughs> Snapchat. That's one I don't know about Snapchat yet. I haven't moved over into that technology yet. Twitter, I have it, don't use it much. I just started using Instagram. In fact, by by the way, Metro has a a new Instagram page in case you didn't know. Uh, Where's Ricardo? Metro City ATL, write it down. Metro City ATL, Metro City ATL. Uh, Bishop Ricardo, where are you, sir? Are you around? Yeah, I know, I'm looking for him. Okay, I'll get him, he comes back. It's amazing. This has changed our lives. This has become, I mean, it's its, a, it's an amazing tool, and what we've not understood is that there's been a, a renewing or a rethinking of our minds going on about this. And we many run their lives with this instrument right here called their phone it's amazing now Paul said if you're going to really worship God if you're going to give God what he's due because of what he's done he says you've got to present your bodies to him and then he says this check this out verse two and don't be conformed to this world I'm not suggesting you throw away your phone. But I am suggesting that when God, does this, it, it, when God continues this work over in your life, that you understand what role this is to play and what it, role it's not to play. He said, check this out. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the what? That's an amazing word right there. By the renewing of your mind. That word is renovation. Paul said, there has to be an upheaval going on inside of you for good. And he says, he puts it in our lap. He puts it in our responsibility. He said, don't be conformed by this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the way it does not say the removal of your mind so that you may prove that the will of God is good it's acceptable and it's perfect so God is in process of proving something inside of you and me right now the problem is when we don't actively get involved with this renewal this renewal process, this renovating process, when we don't get involved, then, then the old house keeps looking like it looks. Here's the thing that's frightening. The outside, have you ever seen a house on the outside? It's beautiful. Lawn is manicured. Hedges are cut. Flowers are blooming. Sidewalks are clean and manicured on both sides. Driveway is distinct. No holes in it. Concrete smooth. Backyard is immaculate. Swimming pool is clean. Oh yes, amen. Cabanas around the swimming pool to shade your chocolate skin from the sun. a beautiful thing. Garage, that when that garage door comes open and it's full of junk and filth for five and 10 years, when you walk in the kitchen and creepy crawly things are crawling on the sink, when you go to the stove and, and you're afraid to eat the food on the stove because those creepy crawly things have been crawling on the food that's on the stove, when you look at the refrigerator, you got mold around the refrigerator. When you open the refrigerator and the, the things in there are, are, are mildew and, and you know what happens when food stays in the refrigerator for a long time. Anybody know what that is? And don't go in the bathroom. Have mercy. Look, Captain David said, the bathroom tells the whole story about the whole house. Amen. When you, when, you, when you walk into a house, when you walk in a, a neighborhood and on the outside it's beautiful, but you go in on the inside. How many of you know the outside of the house will give you attraction, but it's the inside that determines whether you're going to buy or not. In fact, i like to say that when you walk into a house that has a, a great structure inside, but doesn't look good on the outside, you're more prone to buy that house because you know you can fix that. You know you can make that sing. Hello, somebody. Unfortunately, we live in a day when everybody's looking on the outside. How do I know that? Gone Facebook. Everybody is giving value to what you look like, how you're flashing, how you're how, how you rolling, what you've got on. but the, the the sad thing is when you examine the heart of people and you examine what how they think and how they really are that's why today you know Dayton's a kind of a it's a tough deal isn't it i'm sorry i'm talking to those of you that are single hello are you there i mean it's it's kind of a tough deal you know it used to be when my wife and i when i met my wife there were many other choices but i was so glad i chose her i mean and one of the things, one of reasons why I chose her is because when she opened her mouth and what was on the inside came out, I love that. Now, I was attracted to those legs. <laughs> I didn't see those legs ever until she raised the skirt about, her mama bought skirts, it was down here, you know, but, but she, she modernized them and uh, contemporary, contemporized them and, and, and took them up to about here. So I'm like, whoa, yes. I was attracted to her. I, I Actually, I was first attracted. The, the truth is, I was a, attracted to her eyes and her smile. That was the first attraction. You can believe me, all right. And because and, 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 you know how it works, you know, you, you just work my way down, and I was like, oh, yes, amen. But what was... But what was really awesome was when she started talking, I'm going, oh, my God, an intelligent person. And I, I, I'm sorry, forgive me, but um, as, I, uh, as, I, as I interact with people, it's amazing how you, they can look so good on the outside. Are y'all, You please help me. I mean, hair flowing down to the hips, you know, And, but today you can't touch that hair. (laughs) You know, I have never seen more long-haired women in all of my life. And I've been on this earth a few years, but I have never seen more women with full-flowing long hair. And it's just amazing and it's just so straight and so, wow. And I, I honestly, I was on the elevator. I was buying my own business. A young lady got on the elevator, forgive me, and I was like, it was a new definition to drop it like it's hot. I, I, no, no, here's what I want you to see. It could not have been real. Okay, all right. Particularly when it sags. Come on, now? And what's amazing is, is she may have been incredible on the, on the inside, but her outside said something totally different. It's amazing though, how even God talks about it in the scripture. That man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the, on the heart. In, in your house where you live, in your body where you live, God, when he saw you, to him, you were worth buying. Without any hair extensions, without any eyebrow colors, Lord, have mercy. Without any, in, in, without any endowments, God, 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 your creator, thought you were absolutely incredible. Even when your inside was horrible, he looked at you and he, 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 he evaluated your worth. And he made a decision in heaven. He, he, he understood if he were to leave you in your condition he would forever never be able to have fellowship with you. And so he made a decision. He decided if I'm going to have fellowship with them for eternity, I have to buy them back. I have to give what's necessary for their complete renewal and renovation. The Apostle Paul said, I I want you to note two things. He said, don't be, underline this word, conformed to this world, but be transformed. Those two words are powerful. This word conformed, here's the way an old school translator translated it. Don't let the world press you into its mold. Conformed is Outward appearance. Transformed is inward action. The word transformed means it's actually the word we use it all m- many times it's the word metamorphosis. It's what happens when a friend of mine was talking about the big fat ugly caterpillars that used to crawl around his house if you keep watching them in fact he would keep keep them uh, confined and and they would spin a cocoon, a cocoon and and inside the cocoon this animal was going through an amazing change and after several weeks when it was developed that that worm that used to be worm grew wings and they would break out of their cocoon And one science friend of mine said, if you ever cut the cocoon open for them, they wouldn't have the strength to fly. Paul said, it's not your outward conformity that God wants. It's your inward transformation. It's what God is doing on the inside. And he's, he's very specific. By the renewal of your mind, by the renovation of your mind, something needs to happen here between the, your two ears. God is specifically directed to what's going on in your thought life. God knows the greatest transformation that can ever happen to you is what goes on on the inside of you. How you think, what you see, how you respond. When the Apostle Paul writes and describes in Romans 2 and 1 and 2, he starts describing the condition of lives, men, of men's lives. There is this conglomerate, this, this horrible description of the way people destroy themselves. It stems from the way we think. In 2019, we get caught between how we are to look and how we are to think. And God says says to the apostle Paul, when he writes to the Romans, he said, look, and by the way, it's important that you understand that the Romans to whom he was writing, they were bombarded with philosophies, ways of thinking, and worldviews, which were opposite of the kingdom of God. They would sit and listen to philosophers, teachers, instructors, coaches, if you would. And the philosophies of this world, they were embedded with that. It's what they thought about each other, how they thought about what a woman, who a woman is and who a man is. What they thought about marriage, how they felt about what friendship was. How they handled their finances. What they believed in. Believing from the mind, not the heart. God knows if He wants, if he, wants if, he, if he can get to you, what He wants to get to you, you gotta change your thinking. God has never changed in His position towards you, He has never wavered in His love for you. He has not backed up one iota for his purpose for your life. In fact, he's so animate about it until he made sure that he left his word with us that we might be able to have this transformation of thinking. You are where you are right now because of the way you've been thinking. You experience in life what you've been experiencing because of the thought patterns in your head. The war ground is always in the mind. Your body is responding to the way you think. Your body is your greatest tool. Your mind is the control of that tool in your heart God wants to grow and become awesome in your heart that you might receive and achieve what God has for your life. That is why he wants you to participate. This is not magic, this is not hypnotism. When God wants to change your life, He always beckons your participation. That's why He gave you the ability to choose. Paul does an amazing thing. He says, "You know what?" He says, "You, uh, you Romans, I want you to present your body, and I want you, you, I want you to present your body, and I want you to renew your mind." Anyone who's not in process of mind renewal is in process of, 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 of decay. That house God gave you is something incredible. And Yeah, I know, please don't misunderstand me. I know a lot of us could do some things for our outward shell, right? How many of you know we could do something better for our bodies? I only got three people. What's the rest of you? Okay. How many of you know that, you know, anybody here has a Holy Spirit spoken to anybody here about changing your diet? Don't lie. In the presence of God, raise your hand if the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, you don't. Have you ever heard that stuff, boys? You don't need to eat that. How many of y'all heard that? In fact, not only that, he will say something like this. Eat this. And you have to choose whether you're going to do it or not. How many of you ever heard the Lord speak to you like, you need to work out, boy. Anybody heard that? So my wife and I made a decision. We said, okay, we are where we are in this journey. If we, we can be where we are, but we, we can still be fine. So what we gonna do? We're we gonna, we gonna get on an exercise program together. So she and I have made this decision. Haven't we, Chris? Yes, amen. So the apostle Paul said, he said, I, I want you to resist conforming to what's pressing against you. That's judging your world by your outward appearance, judging your world by your feelings, and judging your world according to just your eyes alone. He said, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to engage. I want you to engage in something that's heavenly. I end with this as this intro today. 2 Corinthians, Paul writing to the Corinthians who actually had a worse situation than the Romans. He says this, for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they're divinely powerful. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses four and five. For the weapons of our warfare are, are not fleshly, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that raises up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking captive, we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Let me read it for you in the message. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire Massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives obedient unto maturity. It's it's awesome. So, okay, here's the way we end this. What do you do? You have to make a decision to participate. You have to make a decision that I'm not going to let life happen to me. You have to make a decision that what you feel all the time is not what you follow. You have to make a decision that what appears to me on the physical, what I'm seeing with my physical eye, is not the only thing that exists. Paul makes it clear that there are things, what really, what truly exists what truly exists is not really seen by the natural eye. Things that are made are made of things that are not seen by the eye. So you have to, we have to decide whether or not we're going to participate in God's renovation. He's been working and sometimes we work against him. Today, I want you to make a decision. God. I don't want to keep feeling like I'm a victim. I want to lose this this feeling that I'm being manipulated, that I can't do anything to change my condition. I don't want to be, I don't want life to keep kicking me around, not achieving what you call me to achieve, not enjoying what you have given for me to enjoy. Not becoming the person you created me to be. A few years ago, a friend of mine defined grace. And he said this He said, Grace is the empowering presence of God, it enables me to be what God has created me to be and achieve what he's called me to do. You have to decide whether you want to get in this. If you decide, you're going to be so happy. You decide that God let me in on my part. What do I need to do? What needs to be changed? I told folks last week, find a neighbor next to you, God can do anything, but he will not do everything turn around and find somebody that say God can do anything but he will not do everything this proposal I'm putting before you is that you join in with the, the, the joy, the fun I love what she said when she came up here, she said if God is glorified then the devil is defeated and I or you get the victory. If God is glorified, friend the of mine said, then the if when God is glorified, then the devil is horrified. And I get the victory. But there's some work you got to do. And may it be, may you be rewarded greatly in this work. I want you to stand on your feet. And I want you to make a decision. God is not through with me yet. He's not finished with what he's going to do. He's just really, for many of us, really just beginning. And he wants you to participate. take the hand of the person standing next to you. Heavenly Father, we are your people. Called by your name. Created for greatness. You have already created works for us to participate. Works for us to do. I thank you today. So we take a step today as a church. We say, Lord, come. I want to become everything You have called me and created me to become. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I want Jesus to be glorified. I want Satan to be horrified. Lord, we desire to walk in that victory. I praise you, Heavenly Father, for those who make a decision today that they will follow you that you love them enough while we were yet in our sins to die and purchase us with your blood. We are grateful, Lord. Lord, I pray for those who do not know you this way. They only know you as the God of judgment and the God of wrath and the God that doesn't listen And the God that doesn't show up. They've not known you as the God that are near them, even as close as their lips. I pray, Father, for those who need to receive you. I thank you, Lord, that your price was enough. Our waywardness, our back toward you, Our decisions to go our own way, to ignore you. For those who are tired of it, they've seen the end of their journey and they realize this is not the way to go. Those who need to present their bodies to you as you begin to work in their hearts and in their minds. I thank you, Lord, for a day of decision that we're going to participate. We're going to pick up the tools. We're going to participate in what you're doing. I give you thanks and praise. I thank you for giving every single person the victory, the breakthrough, the change, the transformation. Dispel the lies, Heavenly Father, that they are rejected and that they are unloved. It is a lie. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much, not leaving us the way we were. Lord, for those with the courage to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I'm going to do it. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your grace upon them in the name of Jesus. I give you all the thanks in his precious name. Everyone said amen. Clap your
1: hands.